Okay. So, B'siyat HaRashmaya, we're going to jump back into Sicha Saran. We are, believe it or not, up to Sicha Saran Samach already, which is really amazing, I think. Chazay Hashem, we really covered a lot of ground. There's a lot of ground still to cover. There are 308 entries in Sicha Saran. And B'siyat um, HaRashmaya, we'll get to all of them. But for today, we have a pretty lengthy and interesting Torah that we'll just try to make relevant as much as we can with Hashem's help. And let's explore it together. So the Tzaddik says over here, really Rav Nassim recording what he received from his Rebbe, Rabbi Nachman, writes, See, Chosei HaKadosh Zal, the following is Rabbi Nachman's teaching, the Eishe'erem Maise Bekilas Kodesh Breslev, it seems that there was some kind of tragedy involving a little girl in a, in a house that had been renovated. And they dug underneath and they built some kind of structure within the house already. And, and a little girl got hurt because of this. And he says, And not only that the little girl got hurt, but there were many people that were really in a very dangerous situation because of what had happened. Says Reb Nassim, that's the setting. It was at that point that we heard the following teaching from Rabbeinu HaKadosh, When it comes to building, Says the Rebbe, I did a lot of thinking and contemplating and, anal- and analyzing this matter, construction. Very easy, says Rebbe Nachman, and I found He says, whoever gets involved in construction, he says, there's nobody who gets off scot-free like that, who just leaves the workplace, leaves the job, and nothing happens to him. Vafilu Akam, this applies even to non-Jews. Even so, that this is the case, that it is an inherently risky kind of occupation, people build. Because people have to build. Because this is not something that we can do without. We need places to live. We need places to, to house the various uh, activities of the human experience. There's necessarily going to be a desire on the part of people to be involved in binyan, to be involved with building. There are many, many different distinctions and many different categories with regard to this matter of being involved in construction. But he says the sum total and the tzara shave, the common denominator among all of them, is that any yotzenaki. Says Rabbi Nachman, it's very, very likely that somebody's going to get hurt, damaged in some way from this thing called building. The nirush is that perish, and perhaps this is what the Gemara in Nivamis, the Gemara in Saita tells us: Kala oisig bebinyan mismaskein. Whoever is involved in construction, mismaskin, on a pashat level means there, it, it comes along with a loss of money. Mismaskin uloshan anias. And that's what the Gemara means, right? Mismaskin to become poor. But he says, Vigam uloshan sakana. 
It's also Milashin Sakana that there's a danger there. Uba Medrash Mevayer. And Mamish the Medrash tells us this, but Befeirish, Al-Pasuk, on the Pasuk, they even are a miskinized Lepari, that they build these these cities for Pari, Pisam and Ramses. And the, and the Medrash says, what does this mean, miskinized? Chad Oymar, Shemim Maskinized, as Baleam. One says that it makes those that build it weak, poor, that there's an Indian of paucity, we lose something. And the other says, no, this word maskenos has the root of the word sakana. It's sakana, it's dangerous for a person to be involved in building. And the Rebbe says, really, the most important part of building a building is the foundation. That they call this Ukrainian word zaklashchina. And he says it's very consequential when it comes to putting down the foundation because you have to know when to lay the foundation. And you have to know what material to make the foundation out of because they didn't really have concrete back then. They were building mamash, the whole thing, the whole structure out of, out of wood. Because there are some wood or some kinds of wood that are not fitting to be used to lay as the foundation for these buildings, but it's really impossible to know. It's really impossible to know. So before going further, what's the Rebbe saying? Of course, that it's talking on a simple Pashit level, because that's how it's presented. The Rebbe says, if you're going to get involved in building, it's dangerous. It's just dangerous because, of course, that's the nature of a building. Things aren't stable. Things aren't sturdy. Sakana, kanbonim. That's the sign that you see all over in Eretz Yisrael. Baruch Hashem. Yerushalayim habanuya. It's being fulfilled before our eyes. Yerushalayim is being built up. Many levels. But it's a sakana. Because you're trying to arrange different kinds of materials that are bechina of yesh into another yesh that's radically different. You're composing something. You're putting something together. And memela, because it's an unstable environment, more often than not, things are going to come crashing down. Things are going to collapse. And it's a very risk-averse, not, not risk-averse, it's a, it's a very risky engagement because, it, because of course, it, it, it's, it's very important how you build and what you build because a building, presumably, unless you're building a sukkah, but if you're building a house, we mean for it to be a diras keva. We mean for it to be something that's stable. And a diras keva needs a yesoy, needs a foundation. And says the Rebbe, unfortunately, nobody's really, at least at that time, they weren't experts with regard to how to really lay a foundation. And I think Nebuch, based on what happened, what was it last year, a year and a half ago, what happened in, in Miami over there, in Florida, with the collapse of the building, over there also it shows us, what do we really know? We still don't know. It's a dangerous thing to build. It's a tremendous responsibility to build. And the Rebbe says, I want to let you know that it needs to be this way, that it's going to be dangerous. But at the same time, the Rebbe says, what can you do? We have a cheshek to build because we need building. 
Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I want you to go ahead and I want you to build the world up, to settle the world. And to settle means to have a place within which to settle. So on a Pashat level, it just means physical building, a construction site. Don't walk into a, a Makam Sakana without a hard hat and make sure that you know what you're doing and where you're going because building is dangerous. But I would like to suggest that the Rebbe is trying to communicate to us something beyond the surface as well. I don't know if some of you saw, because I didn't really post it on LPI, because it's like more of a niche kind of writing, but I posted on Facebook and in some other things, uh, a very lengthy essay that nobody asked for. You know, it's like this meme, like nobody, colon, and then like <laughs> Jakob Klein <laughs> decides to write an eight-page essay that nobody nobody asked for. But it's fine. You know, hopefully if one or two have read it, but it was really just to get it off my chest and, and out of my head. And it's a certain gilui, you know, when you have a maracha in your brain and you're able to put it into words, it's a certain simcha. So I really didn't write it that people should read it. I just wrote it because that's what Manif Shama wants to do. Al-Kalpanim, to those that are following this, this series and also had uh, however long it takes to read that long Torah, Megillah over there, you'll remember that part of it at least was founded on a Sichas Ranshir that we gave, I think, two weeks ago where we spoke about death. Remember? We spoke about the Rebbe's sort of transformation from the beginning of his life when he was very fearsome of death to the end where he sort of took a much, much lighter, almost almost like a, like a scornful stance at death. And we spoke about the Rebbe's optimism being born dafka in a place where, where he recognizes the, 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 the tragic nature of living. And, the, and like we said, we called it the absurd, right? In that article over there. Just an important thing. I think that this also sort of ties into that a little bit. Because over here also the Rebbe is just, it, it's mamish like realist commentary. He's not judging. He's not, he's not saying, he, the Rebbe's not putting forth a shita over here. The Rebbe's just saying, this is the fact of life. And mamish, if you're being bezbainin, because I made a reference to Kahelas in that article, the Rebbe mamish uses the word that Kahelas uses again and again. Re'isi, re'isi, Kahelas says. I looked at the world, re'isi, that everything's hevel, re'isi. It's just sort of, a, a, um, sort of like a disengaged bikoret. Just analyzing what is and just reporting the facts as we see them without trying to twist them, without trying to find meaning in them, just, it is what it is. Says the Rebbe, I am under no illusion that building in this world is a risky thing. I'm not building buildings. Any kind of creative act or acts, whether it's raising children, whether it's building a marriage, whether it's investing in a friendship, whether it's building an organization, whether it's putting effort into a new parnasa so that we can, we can build our homes properly. Whatever kind of building you may be engaged with, says the Rebbe, I want to let you know, Rosh, it's a sakana. And all of us know that it's a sakana. Crazily enough, there's actually, crazy to even say, but there is a trend within certain, it's rooted in, in certain philosophies, but even just socially, you can even Google this. There are websites about this. Advocating for people to not have children anymore. Stop bringing children into the world, they say. Why? Because look at our world. Right? Whether If you believe like global warming is mamish imminent. Like we're, 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 we're headed for disaster. So why bring children into the world? This is the shita. 
Chas v'shalom. This is the Shita. Consider it ke'ilu an act of cruelty to bring an Hashama down to the world because of what it, it's going to need to be subjected to and how much pain and how much suffering we experience in life. But the Rebbe says, I want you to know, I'm not pretending that everything's hunky-dory and that everything's okay and that everything's fine. Because the Rebbe was never one to do that. The Rebbe says, Ein afechad, what's his lashon over here? He says, nobody gets off. Nobody gets out without being damaged. But at the end of the day, the Rebbe says, don't let that stop you from building. Don't let that stop you. Of course, we have to be a little bit foolish to think that I'm mamish, okay, after Yom Kippur, I'm going to be a malach. From now on, mamish a malach. Let's, let's be honest. You know what's the most beautiful of all chazals the Kutzke Rebbe speaks about very strongly? Adam Rishon, after eating from the tree, says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at least the Medrash says, Achalti, I ate from the tree, Va'oichel. And he says, and I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm going to continue eating. That's what he says. He says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I just want to be open with you. I ate from the tree, and in all likelihood, even after tshuva, I'm going to continue eating from the tree. And the Kutzke Rebbe says, that's good because that's Emes. Be honest. Be honest. It's true. The Piyasetzer Rebbe says there are some times where we have to lift ourselves above ourselves and strive on an even deeper level, on an even higher level. It's true. But sof kol sof, in a moment of honesty, all of us know we're human. At the end of the day, we're human. Sacha kol, we're, we're humans. And we understood what last year in Kippur looked like and what the next moment looked like. And we know what had happened the next, the next year and all of the years of our lives. Eni but the Rebbe says, did you ever see anybody or any generation decide to stop building because of this simple cheshbin that building is a risky thing to do? Not once. Never. And it's a gewaldike chizek. It's a gewaldike chizek. Because if the Rebbe would go on to say, and therefore I don't want my chassidim to get involved in building at all. It doesn't say this. The Rebbe just reports the facts. I'm letting you know, Meiroish, difficulties, challenges, failures, even getting a scrape and even banging your thumb with a hammer, it's to be expected. But at the same time, with all the dangers involved, I want to let you know that your mom is building the world when you build, and your mom is manifesting the creativity of the Ein Sof. When we engage in building, Af Alpi, that we understand that building is an inherently risky thing to engage in. That's maybe a little bit what's going on beyond the surface. Because like Chazal said, you know, and I think maybe this is a deeper level of understanding and a way to make it more applicable to our circumstances. Okay, so before we go weiter, we're going to start with before we do that, let's just jump to this teaching from Chaim Aran that's related to that segment of Sichas Aran of Samach. And the Rebbe over here says, Da, Shal yidei mitzvah sukkah kara'oi muter leilasek bebinyin ve'inamazik Through engage, engaging in the mitzvah of sukkah, then it's mamish totally okay to be engaged in building ve'inamazik it doesn't have to worry about any damage, 
to his money, which we just learned means not only that it's dangerous physically, that you could get hurt, but that, or, or rather, that, that's the Rebbe's parish. But the Gemara says, you become, you become poor from this. What's the kesher between building and then bringing poverty upon oneself? But the Rebbe explains, because a person who builds a house, it's very important, like we said before, because it's such an important thing to have a house, to build some place that you can stay, that you could settle, that you could live, that it's kayam, that it's keva, kavua, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very crucial thing, it needs to be built with says you need to build a bias with chachma. So a person building a house with chachma is not gonna is not gonna lose because of this. If he knew he was gonna lose, he wouldn't engage in building it. The other asher, the If you build with chachma, so not only won't you lose, you'll gain. You'll gain a tremendous amount, as the pasuk says. It continues of a das that if you build the house with Chachma, so then of a Das, because you connected with this concept of Das, of intellect, and you put thought into it, and you did it carefully, Chadar Mimalu. So you're going to have storehouses filled with treasures. But if the building is engaged with, without any level of planning or Chachma Miroish, that specifically should come because of our awareness of how risky it is to build. Ah, it's risky. Okay, so I'm not stop jumping into it. Good battle plans. So we need chachma first. The Rebbe was saying even with chachma, still be aware that it's a, it's again an inherently unstable environment. But that's life. That life is an inherently unstable environment. The Kaddish Baruch who put us here not to escape from it to be here and to understand that it's unstable and that this is where we're supposed to build. And if, and if like Pisam and Ram says, all of our buildings sink into the earth, okay, that's not my, that's not my business. I'm doing what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants me to do. He says to go ahead and have a Yom Kippur and to promise everything in the world, I'm having a Yom Kippur and I'm promising everything in the world. The next morning I wake up and all the buildings that I just, that I just built over the last day sink into the ground, Okay, so then I have then I have uh, mincha to stand up and to try and to try to fix things again, and then mariv, and then shacharis, and then mincha, and so on and so forth. As the days turn into nights, and the nights turn into days, and life carries on, right? Because that's like we already learned. You remember about the person that was complaining to the Rebbe that he's forgetting everything he learned. The Rebbe said, "You're getting paid just to put the Torah in, not to make sure that it stays there. Your job is to do what you can with as much." confidence and courage and thought as you can muster to plan. There's risk. Okay, so you're trying to plan. But if we're coming ahead to engage in this thing called building, whether it means to build a house, but there's no proper blueprint, so then you're going to leave with a chisar, with a, with a loss, having lost more than you gain. The intellect of the pauper is bazui. That's not called chachma. That's not called chachma. And so a person who, because we didn't invest strongly enough in the chachma necessary to engage in building with as much opportunity to really succeed as we possibly can, we're going to end up with chachma samiskein, which is the person that experiences poverty because he didn't build with Chachma. So whatever level Chachma he thinks he had, it's bizuya. 
Mida connected to Mida. The sukkah is connected to the concept of Torah Kaniskala El, as he was saying previously in this teaching. And the Torah is Mamish, the source of all Chachmais in the world. If a person is connected to the concept of sukkah, this is so deep, to get to it in a minute, what the Aymik is, so then he's okay. That itself is Chachmais. The Simen Ladavar, the Yaakov Nasa Sukhoisa, says the Yaakov Avinu traveled to Sukkot Vayivain and he built. He built enclosements for his, for, for his family and for his Mikna, he built Sukhois, right? The Pasuk continues. Vayivain. Says the Rebbe, what's the Remes? Ah, the Yaakov Nasa Sukhoisa Vayivain. Okay, so it must be telling us that if we're zoiche to the madriga of sukkah, which we'll get to in a minute, what that means by oimek, then vayivan, then you could talk a build. Because sukkah is connected to chachma. Because sukkah is connected to taira. Hotel I live nice. Hotel I live nice. Al yidei mitzvah sukkah, which is Yaakov Nasa Sukhaisa, then vayivan. Hotel I live nice. It's okay to build. Lave is Rashatevis. Loi bias, right? Because it says Vayivin Loi bias. He built a bias for himself. Loi bias is Rashatev's lave, and lave is the Torah, which begins with the letter Bez, Beratius, and ends with the letter Lamed Le'ine Kol Yisrael. So that teaches us that where did he get the Bechin of Sukkis, which is Chachma? He got that from Vayivin Loi bias. It's Loi bias with a Vav, Lamed Vav, and then bias. Lamed Bez, Lamed Bez. Is Beratius and the Anikal Yisrael is called a cool. I want to suggest something very deep. And I thank you all for joining and for learning with me, for keeping me company and all of us keep each other warm in the winter. It's unbelievable. What is chus? I want to suggest like this. What kind of Chachma is the Rebbe talking about? What kind of Chachma is the Rebbe talking about over here that's connected to the concept of Sukkot, which itself is a Bechina of Torah? Leaving the Ramazim aside for a second, just the concepts. Torah, Sukkah, Chachma. That would enable a person to engage in building. Where the Rebbe says, In our Torah, in Sikhas, the Rebbe didn't say it's Asr to build. Build. Everybody should build. Everybody needs to build. Everybody, it's kiyam oila. Everybody has a cheshek to build. But nobody gets out of it scot-free. But we build. I want to suggest that the chachma that enables a person to engage in building is minei ubei. The aspect of sukkahs which is itself the aspect of Torah. That is the Chachma that enables a person to build. What's the big Chachma of Sukkah? Sukkah is Diras Arai. Sukkah is Diras Arai. The Sukkah is not made to last. can't tell you how deep this is. The Sukkah is not built to last. The whole premise of the Sukkah needs to be Dira. And the, right, halachically we have all the different Dinim as to it needs to be a Dira. But a Diras Arai, we're going to take it down. 
not made with a consciousness of enabling it to last. There are two kinds of building in this world. There's a kind of building that's disjointed from the Torah, which sees this world as a diras keva and takes building so seriously that the moment that something starts to fall apart, it's mamish, the end of the world. And the hezek that we could experience from that is immense and is ultimate. And then there's a kind of building in this world that's connected to the Torah, which is the consciousness to say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need me to build something for eternity. He just needs me to build in this moment, irrespective of how quickly things come crashing down. Zelo Mishaneh. Says the Rebbe, if you have the Chachma of Sukkis, which is the Chachma of Torah, which is the Chachma of Lev, meaning it's the wisdom of experience just in this moment without planning big halayimus for the future. Live in this moment and build with the awareness that it's likely things won't work out. It's a it doesn't bother me. Then the Rebbe says, then build. And you know something? If you engage with building, in building, with this kind of chachma, the chachma yibane bayis, with this kind of chachma, then you're going to end up far more successful than the chaver that engage in building with a diras keva kind of consciousness, where it ends up, even though on one level, we've spoken about this before, on one level, they take the world much more seriously, they end up being far less successful with building anything in this world of kiyam than the chaver that don't take this world so seriously. That's what we spoke about with regard to death, remember? We said if we don't take living so seriously, then we mamish take living very seriously. And we're able to succeed. We spoke about this. I'm not getting into the depth of it now. Maybe this is a little bit some of the omek of what's happening over here with the Rebbe is telling us with Shaykh, Sukkah, Taira. What's this whole thing? This chaver is the chachma that itself enables us to engage in binyan and grants us the chance or the likelihood of achieving success. A greater success than if we were to engage in building with the consciousness of a diras keva, of assuming and expecting things to work out. And engaging in building with the consciousness that we're doing this because we are building something. Says the Rebbe, no, you're not building anything. You are living this moment. That's what you're doing. Without any consideration for what might happen tomorrow, what happened yesterday. That is the task of the Jew. Because past and future are an illusion. All there is, is now. That is all there is. And even if you experienced something yesterday or last week, you didn't experience it in the past. You experienced it in the now of then, which is a very different thing. There is no past. There is just a series of now, 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 now. That's all there is. Then, you are also living in the now of then. There is no past. There is no future. There's just this moment. And that's tshuva sechazal in va'ata elolash and tshuva. That's the portal to tshuva. If I can detach myself from this kind of illusion that I mamish have to build something in this causal way or this cumulative way, one beam on top of another beam on top of another beam, that will happen. Of course that will happen. Of course we want to build a bias. Of course we want to attain madrigas. Of course we want to go kiss Seder. That's, that's not a question. 
but I don't have to be conscious of the whole thing and have my eye on the big palace as I build brick on top of brick on top of brick and if a brick falls it's okay take another brick and put it on and if we do this says the Rebbe you're going to get to a far far further place than if we would have held on so stubbornly to needing all everything the whole palace because then we're going to give up because bricks will fall because ain't naki and that's the nature of this world. It's a very, very deep tire. It's a very, very deep tire. Hope to make it a little bit relevant. Weiter. Why is it that fruits don't grow in Ukraine in the same way that they grow in Spain? And that different fruits grow in, in, uh, in Artisral? That they don't grow in, you know, I don't know, certain other places, right? In Milwaukee, maybe. I don't know. Right? Why is it that fruits grow in certain places but don't grow in other places? Because there are certain fruits that just don't grow in certain climates because they need a certain kind of um, atmosphere. Because there are certain things that we just don't know. We don't know where to plant and how to plant and what to do. That's called being human. That's fine. That's also part of the consciousness of humility. To understand, Sachakol, you're a human being. There are going to be things that it's not your fault, that you just don't know. But that doesn't stop you from planting. It doesn't stop you from planting. And the Rebbe says, he goes into the depth of it over here, Ki Evan Shesia, because we should know that there's a foundation stone. Shemimenu Hushsa Sa'ilam, it's called Evan Shesia, because Chazal say, Shemimenu, from that stone, Hushsas, which means the, the um, like proliferated Ha'ilam, the whole world, sort of grew out of this stone. And from there, says the, says the Rebbe, which is really based on a Medrash, which he says from Kalas Rabbah, from there, veins spread from this Evan Shasiyah that travel around the entire globe. Oh, physical veins, spiritual pipelines, veins. Just like veins carry blood, these veins carry Shefa from the Evan Shasiyah, which is the heart of the world, of course, underneath the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which is like the Nefesh Chaim says, that just like the Kodesh HaKadoshim is you know, to the world, what the heart of a person is to his heart. Just like the heart of a person has veins from which, or through which blood flows from the heart to the whole body, so too the Evan Shasiyah, which is positioned under the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which is the heart of the world, has veins going, extending from it, all across the globe, carrying spiritual Shefa, life force, to saturate the whole world with vitality, with vibrancy. And he says that that did know. He was able to trace all of the different veins to know exactly where they went and how they passed through different lands, different places of the lands. He mamish knew this chachma. The Medrash tells us he was able to plant any kind of pre anywhere because he was able to identify the exact veins that are flowing forth from the Evan Shasiyah that correspond to this kind of plant, to that kind of plant, to the other kind of plant, as the Medrash tells us. And the Rebbe says, I want to let you know the same is true, even for Ukraine. If we would really know this Chachma, to be able to trace and to track all the different veins as they flow through every land, 
We could also plant. Just have to know exactly where it is. Even though this, you know, vein, as it were, that pl- that passes through this particular land, is the most the most advantageous for a certain kind of plant. I think the export in Ukraine, as we've been reading, is wheat. I think right. That's the main thing. I think. At the end of the day, there's a mixture that happens among the veins. And so if you know exactly a certain place, over there you could plant whatever you'd like. If you would only plant the seed a few feet away, never know. You'd be able to plant an Esuk tree in the middle of Siberia. You never know. It also has to do with water. We don't know where the different waters come from and the different energies within the water. If they would open up a certain well in a certain place, then near that they could they could plant a different kind of tree. You never know. And you have to know also the nature, not just of the veins, but what's the matzah or the state of the Evan Shasiyah at any given moment in time. Because it changes. What kind of, just like the heart, sometimes it beats fast, sometimes it beats slowly. So different kinds of states that the heart exists in, the same thing with the Evan What level it's on. So there's so many deep wisdoms that Shalem knew that we don't even know what we don't know, what there is to know about this world. It's so deep. He says it's very hidden. Because the Rebbe said that there are certain things that we must not reveal. It's not that there is, you know, that that wisdom doesn't exist. It exists. It's not. It's not for public consumption. Why? Because the matter is as follows. Because the world says that as generations go on, the the generations are getting wiser and wiser and wiser. Because look, we're the ones that have this kind of advanced technology of VR and, and all these different di- different things going on today that previous generations didn't have. So it must be that we're wiser. And because we get fooled by our technological um, acumen, we mamela start to look down on the moral visions of the previous generations. But the Rebbe says it's all not true. The previous generations were much bigger than we are. So then why didn't they come up with the iPhone? Because they were the ones that revealed the foundational principles upon which everybody else came and made a yesh from another yesh. But they... Were being Isaac in, in an aspect of Yeshmei. They were coming up with the theories and the principles and inventing the wheel, as it were, that would then enable somebody to have a car. But a big chachma. But that, that the chachma of a car is just in, in all of the additions that you can make it go by itself. You can make it comfortable and you can make it efficient. You can make it this and that and go this far and, and over this terrain. Okay, but they were the ones that actually came up with the concept of a wheel that can transport something from one place to another place easily. That's a much bigger chachma. Because that's an essential chachma. So it's keilu, they prepared all the ingredients. 
And then the later generations came and made those ingredients into a cake. But what was a bigger kunz? Right? What, was a, what was a bigger chiddush? The ingredients themselves. We were born into a world where everything was already muchan for us. They discovered electricity and they figured out how to channel it. And this and that, okay, so it's a big chachma. Now I plug my, my you know, a, 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 a plug into the outlet and it charges a phone. Right? Everything was muchan for us already. They were the ones that revealed the ikra chachma. So all we need to do is invest just a little bit. And we're able to build on all the different generations of trial and error and of the, 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 you know, the scientific method and all these different things. And we're able to reach far further. But it's a humbling thing to realize. We're not as great as we think we are in that, in that respect. And of course, this is true for the specificity of ethics and morality and, 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 and worldview and perspective. Because the same shita. Ah, those people were archaic. They didn't understand anything about the world. What did they know about A, B, C, or D? And you know something? Maybe you're right. Maybe they didn't actually know about A, B, C, or D because that wasn't their actual social experience. That kind of, uh, of behavior or those abilities to engage in certain behaviors just weren't in the reality, so they didn't address it. But that doesn't mean that you know more. And it doesn't mean that you know better. Because we need to realize what we're building on and what kind of people came before us. That they were the ones that put the ingredients on the counter and then we with our hubris come, mix them all together and bake a cake and then we just forget about whoever prepared the ingredients in the first place. Which I think, I believe means if, you, if they hadn't uncovered the, the, um, the earthenware, you wouldn't have known to dig under there to find the gold, right? But you, meaning you were two steps removed. So you're right, they only uncovered a chaspa. They only uncovered an earthenware. But that's how you knew how to dig deeper and find the treasure. Bialkain, therefore, afal pisha koidem Paul klau, even though initially those generations weren't able to mamish come to the, the full expression of what they had begun to discover, because of course the main thing is the diamond, but the main thing is what they did. They were the ones that uncovered the foundations, the primary principles and the axiomatic foundations for, for wisdom. That later generations came, we built upon what they tirelessly you know, put incredible effort into building, and then we built something. The Alkane says Rabinachman, because this is the way that things develop, aside from the, the, the message that's there, that's just humbling, you know, to, to, to put us in our place a little bit and help us recognize, you know, our position against the backdrop of history. But the Rebbe says, because this is the pattern, that's why there are things that are ushered to be Megala. Because if we would reveal certain things, even though they might be things that are good and that are mutter, somehow 
if we don't present them properly, or just because of like broken telephone, the way that things aren't always transmitted with the full nuance of the matter, they can come to, at a later time, it can come to an Indian of Avodizar. Because there are things that need to be developed. They can go and develop from this principle, they could turn it into something that was a very, 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 very different. Because we're constantly gaining in our intellect. And as we do so, we're becoming more and more ego-oriented because of our quote-unquote success and how proud we are of, of ourselves. And Mamela, our perspective becomes about, okay, how can I use wisdom or how can I use different, different um, capacities within the world for my own benefit, for my own gain? And if we were to reveal certain things that quote-unquote, they work, they talk a work, later generations could take that essentially good thing and turn it into something that we never dreamed could come from it. And that's why just stam, because it's not so good, it's, it's, not so, it's not so possible all the time. It's also one of the things that we enam yoidim, because we're humans. We don't always know, so what can I say and what can't I say? And we need to say. HaKadosh Baruch wants that we should say. We should say Torah, we should share ideas, we should, we should hold on to things, we should commit to Yiddishkeit deeply. We should share things that are meaningful to us, that are meaningful to others. Hashem wants that we should say so the Eitzah Tevikamashmalan, and this is something really that I try to, to be careful about, and I hope that I'm, I'm Zaycha on some level to succeed, but there's always more to grow, is to contextualize what we say. To make sure always to contextualize. So say, but always put things in, in the right kli. Because you never know who's listening, and you never know how people hear things. You have to be sensitive when you speak a lot of people you have to be very very sensitive to realize okay you know it's, yeah sure it's coming out from your brain the way that you perceive it but you sort of have to try as much as you can to take different people's experiences into account because it's very easy for you to say one thing and mean one thing and then somebody else can take that and turn it into something that you never dream and you never know like they're ever saying you never know what that could turn into and so again the is not saying okay so therefore don't be Megala anything ever be Megala but be Megala carefully. Be Megala with nuance. Be Megala with the MS of Aleph, Mem, Tuf, from beginning to end, a whole picture. Don't just give little snippets, snapshots, sound bites, a little, a little thing where you said one time. No. Every time you say anything, say everything. Always be careful to present the all of a thing. Be clear, define your terms. Be very, very specific with regard to what you intend to say. Very important, very important. Aside from the fact that the Rebbe is saying that in later generations, forget that, for a minute, forget that. In the present, we spoke about the present, just in terms of who's listening. It's very, very important to speak precisely, clearly, to try. So that's what the Rebbe says over here. As is brought down about Arla, which of course is a Tumah, right? The, th the fruits of the third year. For those first three years, the Zarkada says that there's a Klipa, it's Arla. 
on the tree, on the fruits of those tree. Klipa. And because the Zah is almost saying like the Zah made a mistake, I, I don't know how to really read this, but he says that because that was revealed into the world, which Rabbi Shimbari Chai did, that they made use of this because they knew that there was some Koyach here, and maybe it wasn't communicated clearly enough that this was a Koyach that we needed to stay away from. And they, and they jumped all in and they started to channel it, Lara. This is what could happen. This is what could happen. And that's why just li'inyaneinu, because this is a sheer on a Breslov text, and because all of us know that Breslov is very, very broad, and there are a lot of people with different approaches within Breslov and different things like this. And of course, the only way to for sure lose a lottery is never to play. Right, that's the surest way to lose a lottery is never to play. And there's only one way to win a lottery, and that's if you buy a ticket, which of course weren't, which of course comes along with risk. And this is not my mashal. The Ishbiter says this that it's true for Ruchnius as well. We take a risk when we learn Rabbeinu Hakadosh. We take a risk with the Indian of the Tzaddik. Right? We take a risk. Because it's far less risky, as it were, to stay away from any of these things that sniff, that smell to the uninitiated. It could, it could sound like not, uh, you know, not quote-unquote mainstream Yiddishkeit, because Nebuch, other religions came and they, and they, and they usurped ideas and they, and they turned them into caricatures, right? And so to the untrained mind, the Inan of the Tzadik Mamash sounds like, I don't even want to say what, but everybody knows, I'm having Yavin. even though we know what the role of the tzaddik is and that we don't serve the tzaddik and we don't speak, to, you know, daven to the tzaddik even though we go to a caver and, 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 and we don't put picture, okay, there is no picture of, of Rabbi Nachman but that's not what we're mamish, you know, we know that the tzaddik is, 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 is a shtick bittel and all the tzaddik is as is mavur and tara ayin and l'kutumran and it's something that we've learned about in the past the whole inyan of the tzaddik, tara ayin is this nakuda where the whole thing of, of, of the tzaddik is that he's just a channel, he's a vacuum. He, he is not. He's only, he's only important in as much as his eights help bring us not close to him, but close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We know all of this. The Rebbe is almost whispering to us, be very careful with me. Be very, very careful with the way that you speak. Because even if you know what you mean, be aware that there are other people who push it, hear what you're saying in a completely different way that you never intended, but it's still your responsibility to look out for it, to be careful for it. So speak passionately about tzaddikim. Speak passionately about the tzaddik emes and about, and about everything. We believe in it. We, for more than we believe in it, we felt what it does for us. We know the way that it's transformative, the way that it speaks to our heart, the way that it guides us, the way that it makes us feel okay, the way that it, everything. We know it. We believe in the tzaddik. But when we speak about the concept of the tzaddik to others, and there's just one muscle, but I mean across the board, any kind of these ideas, we have to present it with the full picture and the nuance that it requires. Because we don't want to be guilty, even though we're well-meaning of this kind of thing, and, and it's something that I've seen. It is something that I've seen. That sometimes the ways that certain individuals speak with the best of intention 
actually ends up hurting far more than it helps. Because sometimes our passion can be interpreted as extremism. And I'm speaking from personal experience, by the way, because I'm a very passionate guy, extremely, and I've become more sensitive over time to being careful and measured so that I'm not guilty of quote-unquote turning people off from the very thing that I intend to draw them close to. Just something to be aware of, and I'm really speaking primarily just to myself, but just something to, uh, something to keep in mind. Right? An example, short, we could give an example. I, I think that we're we, we sort of already speaking about you know, the, the, the concept of the tzaddik, right? The importance of the tzaddik, or how important Rabbi Nachman could be for a person. Or any of the tzaddik. Well, let's say Rabbi Nachman specifically. Because he was the one that spoke the most about the tzaddik. So you want to tell a person, Mamish, you know, you, 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 you know you're, 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 you're wasting your time if you're not learning the Rebbe. And, and you must. And, and, and there's no Rosh Hashanah like the Rebbe's Rosh Hashanah. And if you're not an Uman, it's like you didn't, it's not, it's like you didn't have Rosh Hashanah. And, and all of these different things that within the Breslov circles, okay, you get it. Because you understand what it means and how, and how Rabbi Nachman meant certain things that he says. But if you're just going to go and start blasting that out to the public, whoa, then you can fortify the caricatured image that many people have of Breslev as a bunch of extremists who are outside the mainstream of Yiddishkeit and all they do all day is speak about a person instead of speaking about a Kodesh Baruch Hu, which is, of course, the opposite of what we mean, right? And so that's why that's just one example that I'm bringing because it's relevant to our, to our circumstances. Um, another example that comes to mind is... Is is the, the, the discussion about Yedia and Bechira, without getting into the whole thing now, but there are certain streams within Hasidus, for example, in Ishbitz, in uh, in Reb Tzadik, which is also, of course, a Hemshech of Ishbitz. Even in Svasemis, you find this a little bit, and in others, the Marinayim, you find this idea that the ultimate point of tshuva is when we realize that even the Chait was actually the will of Hashem. Crazy thing, right? and Chazal already say. Then in the place where the Valchuba stands, even the biggest Sadiqim can't reach. Because in some sense, the Avera gets you even higher. Some, something like that, right? Now when I when I mentioned that concept in the story of our lives, I was I was very nervous about it, about even speaking about it. For those of the that remember, it's the it's the symbol of the golden mountain. I was very, very careful. And and I spent a lot of pages over there in chapter sixteen and seventeen making sure that it would be impossible for a person to make the fatal error of walking away and thinking that a sin is, is not so bad as it were. Because I could just do tshuva and then, and then it will show that you know I was forced to do the sin. Hashem wanted me. I made very, 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 very clear exactly the appropriate approach because it's MS. But if it's if it's given over without gedarim, it could be it can mamish turn into the biggest sheker in the world, and can mamish instead of helping people, it could be mamish uh, 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 destructive for people, and that's not what we we, we don't want to do that. So it's just we have to be careful. That's all. Just have to be careful. That's what the Rebbe is sort of hinting at over here. Something to be careful. And he continues with this example of Arla. 
right? As they know, and they turned this evil negative power, as it were, and they mamish, they turned it into an avodah Shall you oyev them that they were mamish serving it? Because they misread, or because it wasn't clarified clearly enough, and because it wasn't uh, it wasn't presented with balance and with clarity and with with details, so that nobody can err and nobody can make a mistake. Okay, Therefore, these are not things that we speak about for fear of what they could turn into. But again, we don't really know what yeah and what not. Certainly, within the realm of what Rabbi Nachman himself revealed, which is the koyach of tzaddikim. And the importance of connecting with them and and so on and so forth. Of course, we have every right and more than a right. We should we should absolutely do our part, like we always say, to serve as a conduit for other people. It's not just about us, but to pass on whatever of value we find in Yiddishkeit. I'm sure there are other people that could also benefit from that. So share it. Not a question. Don't 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 hold back. It's not that that's that that would also be a misunderstanding of what the Rebbe is saying. The Rebbe is not saying hold back. The Rebbe says, even though we already learned in the beginning about binyanim, you know that it's possible that it's gonna it's gonna lead to a damage. Build, share, but to be conscious and aware that being misunderstood is a very, very, very great um, probability, and therefore we learned the We need to build. In every way that we that we can think of, whatever that whatever that means to build, do your best, and I'm telling myself to do my best, to try to share things with balance, clarity, nuance, to be very very specific about what I mean and what we don't mean, and not just um, even in a moment of great passion and excitement, start to just pff, burst things out into the world. I'll just I'll just close one nakuda. I'll just close with. With, um, with a story that Reb Nassim, when he came to Rabbi Nachman in the beginning, I believe it was Taravav that he heard. I think either it was Taravav, or it was one of the early lessons that he heard from Rabbi Nachman. He was so mind blown that he started running out into the streets and yelling on top of his lungs, don't you people know what we have here? Where are you? What are you doing? Don't you people know? And the Rebbe, it's brought down Chaimah, the Rebbe stood behind Reb Nassim, and he held him like this, with his hands. Imamish held him physically, and he whispered into his ear, This is not the way. So I'll leave you with that, and I'll leave me with that. I think that Baruch Hashem, it seems that we were able to mine this otherwise pretty, you know, uh, seemingly somewhat irrelevant, or, or uh, you know, it's, it's, it's less relevant than some of Rabbi Nachman's other teachings, but I think the Pneumius, the relevance is, is, is immense for our lives. In terms of the chizik of realizing, even when we build, a brick's gonna fall here and there, it's fine. Go in with that chachma. Our job is not to build a diras keva, our job is to build a little bit of a sukkah. Our job is to focus on the present, to do the best that we can. Bricks fall, we get a little bump, we get hurt. That's to be expected, don't let that discourage you. Your job is to build. Your job is not to complete the building. Build, loy alecha hamalacha ligmar. That's not our job. But we're not We need to build. That's what the Mishnah always tells us. And then we learned about this Nakuda of um, of plants. It's very, very interesting about the Amjusia. And we would if we would know, we could know where to plant. And then how to be Megala certain things with balance, 
nuance and, um, and, and in a very delicate way, being very conscious of the way that our words might be perceived. Adkan. Tara Samach, Sicha Samach, in Sicha Saran, and now we move into the, into the 60s, Chazi Hashem, the wild 60s, of Sicha Saran, Besiat Rishmai, what a privilege to learn this Sefer with you. And, uh, and I just want to express further gratitude in addition to all of you for coming and learning with me, whether you're here on Zoom or on Facebook, or whether you're going to be listening to this share afterwards. It's a big deal to have started a series and maintained this. You know, to get to the 60th teaching, is it's, it's a big nakuda. It's a lot of shiurim. That's a lot of teachings. That's a lot of learning. And that's a lot of commitment. And so I want to just appreciate all of you who are sticking with this and you know, it's just, it's just a privilege. And so I want to express gratitude to you and on our collective behalf to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and thank Him for this wisdom and thank Him for this tzaddik. Who HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent to this world, not for us to become obsessed with Him, meaning the tzaddik, but for us to be able to find the path upon which we feel comfortable walking closer and closer and closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Thank you all for joining. Wishing you the most phenomenal week. I hope we'll see you Thursday night uh, for our Shabbos year. And um, if you've noticed, I sent out earlier today, with this will end, I sent out a two-part series. It's a new series, a small chabur that we have here. It's not live on Zoom. We're trying to keep it very private and intimate. It's a certain chavra. Um, and, and we're going to be learning Lukut Imran, which I haven't done for a long time. And so those shiurim, you'll find them. They're going to be on SoundCloud. Sometimes I'll share them. Sometimes maybe I won't if it, because there's a lot of conversation. And so I'm not sure it's fit for you know, public, public consumption. But if you are interested in joining the Chabura, I sent out the links to the first two, which is its own contained mini-series in Torah Lamites and Tinyana. And um, we're going to be continuing with that. So if you have access to the SoundCloud, you can follow along with all the shiurim that way. And we can continue learning together in great joy and confidence and uh, peace of mind, which is the most important. Okay, thank you so much for joining and um, wishing everybody, ah, thank you, thank you, thank you all. Um, wishing everybody the most amazing day. Kaltuf, we'll be in touch. Thank you so, so much.